Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the SC Playbook Wrap for Round 14 of the NRL. Uh, you're here with Wolves. Uh, just going to have a bit of a chat about the uh, the origin before we go on to the NRL action. Uh, just give my thoughts on State of Origin 1 in Adelaide. Uh, seems like a lifetime ago now, all the footy they had on the weekend. But it just my thoughts on the game were just seems to happen quite a bit in State of Origin uh, like it did in State of Origin 1. But you come away thinking, how do we win that? Like how did Queensland win that game? Uh you know, obviously down to 12 men, a couple of injuries to outside backs. Uh, New South Wales were on top. They seem to have all the run of play. But, yeah, I, I scratch my head sometimes and just wonder how it works. But I think, like, I was listening to the press conferences from New South Wales and I think they probably nailed it. Is The Queensland players just seem to nail the big moments and that's what Munster did uh, as soon as Nico Hines came on. Yeah, they shifted the ball out there. He actually held up pretty well in his first set of defense out there. He made a good cover tackle when I think it was Talungi came off his left foot and nearly jumped over another player to score, and he made a really good tackle there. But when Munster took him on, he was able to beat him on the outside, and then it drew in the fox and and Hammer was away, and, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Uh, you know, the Hammer one of the best finishes in the game. So uh, I guess New South Wales now, well, there's a lot of injuries, but even before those injuries, they're going to spend sort of the next two weeks speculating on selections to fix everything. And, yeah, strange because they really dominated the game. I, I can't sort of stress that enough. I know a lot of people watched it, but, you know, and there's there's a lot of panic buttons being pushed in the media and stuff like that. But, I don't think that New South Wales were too far off. They just missed a couple of really key tackles, like the tackles that Luai and, and Teddy missed on Cobo, that they were really bad. And and obviously the Nico Hines one, um, it's pretty ruthless origin. You know, you can get found out on that sort of stuff. And then a couple of plays by particularly Cobo, he made a couple of, uh, I guessed right a couple of times when they came out to that left edge. They had him cooked and Cobo either came in or got himself in between the ball and, yeah, he he ended up doing really well. So uh, good win for Queensland. Few injury concerns there for both Queensland and for New South Wales. So really fo- looking forward to Origin 2. I think, like, if Latrell comes back, he's going to make a huge difference, obviously, for the Blues. So looking forward to that one. Righto, to the NRL games. 
Okay, one game on Friday night with the Tigers taking on the Raiders at Campbelltown. A couple of teams that are in form. So uh, it was a, it was a strange game in the fact that it was a fairly dewy surface and it really suited the big Raiders side. And because of that, they dominated for most of the game. The Raiders, uh, they're real scrappy side too, and they spoiled a lot in the rack, and they were sneaking meters on the ten. And you know, good luck to them. That's you do what you can get away with, and you know, with Ricky, I'll probably talk a little bit about Ricky Stewart later. But you know, it's sort of Raiders against the world, so he takes on that attitude, and his players sort of seem to engender that type of attitude as well. And they went out there, and they just scrapped and fought, and and sort of like took what they could get away with. The the referee, he was fairly experienced, um, Jared Sutton, but he probably did let the Raiders get away with too many repeat infringements. Um, the things that they, they do annoy uh, people watching the game, you know, fans of the game, or particularly me when you get those cynical plays, you know, when a team's created that momentum, they get a quick play of the ball, but it's just slowed down, particularly on the line because there isn't a great advantage when – a team's attacking the line. You don't get any meter advantage because it's not a penalty and uh, teams will back themselves to to defend for another six tackles. So they did that quite well and, and shut down the Tigers' attack for most of the game, to be honest with you. So 18-0 with 12 minutes to go and then finally Sutton just got jack of it and he, he put Starling in the bin, which is sort of probably well overdue. Another ruck infringement spoiling. So, um, and then that's when the game came to life. And uh, I thought West were pretty impressive. They piled on the points, and then Brooks kicked a field goal, and it was all happening. But yeah, disappointing end of the game with Isaiah Papalihi. Right call, absolutely right call. So, can't knock that from the officials. But yeah, just like that one a few years ago with James Graham, it's just a really terrible way to end a game because. The chaser who was IPAP has really gone all out to try and hit the kicker and put him off the field goal. And in that instance, uh, Fogarty actually missed the field goal and, yeah, comes back for a, for a penalty. So a bit unlucky there, but uh, they'll know that for next time. Yeah, I've, I've sort of been saying this for a while. The West Tigers, they have found their groove. They're going to finish the season pretty well. They're going to knock, they're going to take some scalps with them or at very least they're going to be a very good team to watch. Uh, Particularly if you get some day games with them, I think they're going to play some good footy. uh, Like some of their young outside backs, Junior Tupo, he is a serious player, one to watch for the future. Great in the air, strong. He's just got so much going for him and and he's pretty raw as well. So he's learning and um, he's improving really, really quickly. So and and you know players like Stafford Tyre and that you know they're they're playing outstanding as well. So keep an eye out for the Tigers. Okay, on to Supercoach Johnny Bateman, one hundred and two. He wound back the clock there. So some vintage Supercoach that may have got upgraded. I think the one hundred and two is an upgraded score there. So I've got those scores in there. But certainly a serious option for the remainder of the season. I actually said to the boys, um, Timmy, the spy, and Desi, and Ads to Rusi uh, in our chat, I reckon you'll want to finish the season with one or two of the Tigers' back rowers. I think IPAP and Bateman are both serious options for the run home. 
as soon as as soon as the Tigers found their game, I feel like they'd they'd be better for it. I think IPAP's suffering a little bit from not having a really good ball playing half inside him, um, as he had at at Para, but uh, certainly Bateman, he doesn't need it. He he creates his own and he's just imposing his will upon games. So Johnny Bateman will be a popular trade in, I think, for a, a number of teams. Jareem Buller, 111. Jeez, unreal. And I had a, um, a mate of mine say, is it too late to bring him in? Well, according to Twitter and Jay Schubert, thanks for these um, uh, projected BEs, negative 45 projected BE, and he's going to rise in price over 100K. So he is just going up like a bullet. So. If you haven't got Jareem Buller, I think you probably got to pull the trigger on him. Possibly you could, you could anti pot him now and just go. I just hope that he doesn't go that well, but he's a supremely talented player. And he, and the thing is, he puts himself in really good positions. Uh, Stafford Toa, fifty-one, playing great footy on that uh, right edge. And I still feel like if Bolle had to pass that ball out, they would have scored the try. If you go back, I went back and watched the tape, and they had a four on two there. So if he had found a way to get it out there, the defense was actually retreating. They came up, and then they were worried about the kick. If it had gone to someone like Bateman instead of Bolle, he just puts a kick in behind, and Nofaluma scores, and they ice the game there. But anyway, it is what it is, and the uh, Raiders go on their merry way and get the win. For the Raiders, Joey Taps, uh, 67, again, rock-solid score. Uh, he's just getting more involved as the season goes on, so he's a solid hold or, or a buy if you don't have him. Corey Hawes, we're a bit down on what he's been doing, 48, but I was really impressed with his edge defense because he got tested from the start of the game. He got tested by Brooks, and he really only got found out on that one line break that Brooks went and I think he was playing marker and he just just burned him for speed but he made a number of last ditch efforts on Brooks which were really good from Corey Hawes but I was surprised at how how well he defended on the edge could be keep in mind if you're looking at bringing him in or if you have him he's going to be a possible option uh for the for the Queensland Maroons in the second state of origin Okay, on to the next game. First game on Saturday in New Zealand, the Warriors. Oh, this pleased me. Had me grinning from ear to ear here. Uh, what a performance. The first 55 minutes of the game just sort of had a fair resemblance to New South Wales on Wednesday night, to be honest with you. They dominated every part of the game, but it wasn't reflected on the scoreboard. The, the Dolphins, like Queensland, just hung in and hung in. And then after Milford got that 10 in the bin for the late hit on Montoya, then they just turned it on. And and to be honest, it was vintage SJ. He just put him, put the Warriors on his back. The, the first try was brilliant. He obviously identified in the tape that he, he could have some success running at the middle players of the Dolphins, which is pretty good work from him because they haven't let much through throughout the season. They've been pretty good. But his footwork was like turning the clock back and I can't tell you how happy that made me feel to watch SJ go over and score his second try of the game like that and then they kicked on from there. Just the footwork, the old Magic Johnson 
sort of look, uh, it's just so good to see him up and about and confident. Uh, ever since he debuted, he's he's been my favourite player, and I just love, I just I just love it. If in the twilight of his career, he could take the Warriors to the finals, and you know maybe have some success. I know it's going to be, it's a tough competition. It's going to be hard to win the comp, but just for them to get back into the finals after such a long drought and to have some success with him playing would be huge. And the second half, like from that 55 minutes onwards, it was great to watch as a Warriors supporter. Um, so having a look at the Supercoach scores, Charles Nickel Clockstad, 103. So that's the second 90-plus score in a row for him. He's got a B. J. Schubert projects of negative seven. CNK is airborne. Uh, he looks like a great trade-in for owners. If you've traded him in this week, well done to you. But there is a few options now. There's um, there's options popping up left, right, and center here, but he certainly looks like a good option. They've got a good draw over the buy rounds, the Warriors. Dallin Watini's Lesniak, the supercoach spy, is a prophet. What a call by him two weeks ago. DWZ hasn't done anything for years in a supercoach framework, and he's just come out after the spy has prophesied that he would come through as a great core, and he's knocked out an 83 after the big game he had last time. And he looks like a real option moving forward. Of course, he's relying on tries, but most wingers are. But he's playing some good footy. Uh, Adam Fenor Blake, 63, that's solid. Tohu Harris, 57, solid. Probably wanted a bit more as an owner, but, you know, he's he's pretty solid. Tohu, Ania Cora, looking very dangerous outside Sean Johnson. Uh, similar to what uh, Britton Nakora did at the Sharks. He's probably not as good a line runner as that, but he's running those really good lines and, and – SJ's creating some space for him, so he might be one to look for moving forward. Jackson Ford, 58, not bad considering, you know, I can't remember in the game him having a lot of attack. Sean Johnson, 127, that was just a supreme performance from him. Uh, yeah, he's a super coach option indefinitely moving forward. I mean, with all the stuff going on with the New South Wales halfbacks, I mean, Cleary got himself injured. We'll talk a bit about that later. But, you know, that just brings into calculations guys like Hines, guys like uh, Mitch Moses would possibly come into calculations there. So he's he definitely becoming a valuable commodity, SJ, being a Kiwi and playing in that halfback position. So... I don't think you can go too wrong. The Warriors are on the up and up, hopefully. Nick Arima, 65. Uh, yeah, he's performing pretty admirably. A fullback. Supercoach scores are solid. Uh, Connolly Lemuelu, HIA affected. Bit unlucky there. I thought he looked good to the eye, but 37, not a great supercoach score. Jermaine Asako. Oh, my God. He has just delivered for owners in the last, I think it was like seven or eight minutes. So he was sitting on about 30. And then they just keep playing. The Dolphins just keep playing and the Warriors clocked off a bit. And I think he got two or three line breaks in the last seven or eight minutes, plus a try, might have kicked a goal as well, got himself up over 102. 
So Jermaine Asako is delivering for owners. And a bit unlucky for those who had JMK. Yeah, Jeremy Marshall King ruled out. He was a laid out for all owners there. So that would have been tough for those who brought him in last week or a couple of weeks ago expecting him to play. Okay, on to the second game for Super Saturday. The Titans taking on the Rabbitohs at Seabus Stadium on the Gold Coast. Well, what can you say about this game? South came out half asleep. Uh, they played like they knew deep down that they could afford to give up their opposition a start and they could still run it down. And that's almost exactly how the game played out, to be honest with you. So they had that almost arrogance at the start. They were, you know, giving away penalties, not completing sets. And the Titans are capable. You know, they're a side that when they get the run of play, they're very, very good and they can put on points. But they just have this mental fragility as a team, that means no matter where they are in a game, particularly after that Dolphins game, then they're never home. And that's a scary thing for a coach. That's a scary thing for a team. So, and I think it's always in the back of their heads. They have some, they have some serious demons from giving up second half, you know, giving up those leads in the first half in the second, when they come out in the second half. So, can they turn that around under Holbrook? That's probably going to be the big question that's going to start emerging. I'm not really sure. You know, on the one hand, they've got some really good young talent and I feel like Holbrook's been good in bringing them through well. But on the other hand, are they learning that resilience and toughness required to win in the NRL consistently? That's what that's what the Titans board's got to ask themselves. I think they're... They've been really patient so far with Justin Holbrook and they believe in what he's trying to do there. But I think most people in the know would say their defence does not seem to be anywhere near at a level that they could be consistently successful at NRL. And and they've got some talented players. They just can't put it together there. And while they can't do that for sustained periods – they're probably not going to be a side that pushes for the eight. So we'll see what happens there. There might be a bit of pressure come on Holbrook if they keep giving up these leads. Uh, South, yeah, they're not firing on all cylinders, but they're cruising through this part of the season, you know, winning a few, losing a few, but they'll build into the finals. They've got class list and, you know, they've got they've still got a side that's right up there. So let's have a look at the Supercoach scores. Alex Johnson, 107, got the hat-trick. Yeah, Sousa Hummin. And this is his time of year when South hit these games where they play sides, particularly if they're playing in a mood where – and South can do this, even though they're, I think, the second or third best defensive side in the NRL this year, and it's been a little bit different. But in previous years and in a number of games this year, they just go out there with the attitude of will outscore you. And with players like Cody Walker and the shape that they toss up, uh, Alex Johnson, Campbell Graham, you know, those outside backs, and they're capable of doing it. That's what they played like on on Saturday. Good return from Keon Kolomotungi. He's a serious consideration for Supercoach. I really thought about bringing him in, but in the back of my head, I, I, I believe that 
There's a couple of blokes who came back from injury this round that would have played Origin if they had been fit, and I think that's Kalal Matungi, and I think it's Spencer Lenu. I really do believe that. I believe that Tavita Pangai Jr. was only brought in as a like-for-like like for Spencer Lenu. I think Spencer Lenu was earmarked and he was ready to go for New South Wales off the bench, but they decided to go with TPJ, so... Whether that holds up, because there's going to probably be a lot of changes, and they might, you know, New South Wales may not want to make that many changes and panic because they're going to have to make changes for injuries. But we'll see what happens. But I'm going to hold off Keon Kalamatangi and just keep my powder dry till I see what happens with this uh, Origin Two New South Wales side. Cody Walker, a hundred, ah, flying. He's just having another year for the ages. Uh, in terms of what he's doing, scoring tries, setting up tries, oh, he's a, he's just great to watch. I, like like I've, I've said this before, I'm not sure if I've said it on the potty, but I'm surprised that he's not considered for New South Wales. Like for me, he's the best five eight in New South Wales, and I know he had that one try, and they put him on the list to never play again. But to be honest, if you go back and watch the game, or he might have played a game and a half, I'm, I'm not exactly sure there, but. I thought he played quite well, you know, in the game. He, you know, a few things didn't go his way, but he's that type of player. You've got to back him in. So the horse might have bolted with him. He may not get another chance under Freddie. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Damien Cook, 66, looked solid, ran well. Again, it'd be hard to bring him in with the possibility of origin. I, I wouldn't think that Appy's going to lose his spot. I thought Appy was quite good. Campbell Graham, 43, so that's one of his lower scores. For the year, again, the question mark. A lot of question marks over these Rabbitohs lads is are they going to get picked in origin? But he'd have to be a fair chance of pushing for selection in the origin as well. Uh, for the Titans, Dave Fafita, 16. Ooh, that had hurt owners. I know a couple of people who owned him and they were very disappointed. with Well, one, the minutes that he got. He sat on the sideline for a long time in that game. And two, just the fact that they held on to him over that origin period and maybe he's a sell and cash in on him a bit and bring him back over the run home if you really want to. So that's a big decision there for owners. I thought Tanner Boyd was pretty good. He got a 75 for super coach. He's playing pretty good footy. But again, like the Titans, he plays well when they're on the front foot. When they go into the back foot, that, that's their issue. They need to find that resilience. They need to find that grit. Uh, and they haven't got it at this stage. Uh, Tino, 103. Great effort. Tried his heart out like he always does. He looked frustrated out there, jagged the try at the end, and that bumped up his score. So well done to people that have held him. I don't know if there's too many owners out there. His brother, Isaac Fasuamoawi. Uh, now, was he relevant? No, nah, he's not. He's totally irrelevant. But he's been sitting on the pine for me for most of the year. For some reason, I brought him in. I thought he'd just be enough. But he has played a few games. And I had to toss up between him and Sonny Luke. I had 18 players this weekend. I thought, nah, he won't do anything. He won't probably won't get on for that much. So I put Sonny Luke in. So I was very, very happy when Sonny Luke didn't play because – Obviously, Isaac Sumoawi scored a try. Didn't stay on there for too long, but he got 58 points, which is well and truly his highest score. So I was happy to pick that up. 
finishing off the Super Saturday card was Cronulla Sharks taking on the Bronx at Cronulla. Oh, another strange game here. Cronulla dominated, but they couldn't convert their opportunities into points. Uh, Broncos reminded me of the Broncos of old. They scored some of those long-range tries that, like I said in an earlier podcast, they seem fluky, but they're on the back of that generated luck. So they work hard and they create that luck or the bounce of the ball and whatnot, and then they have the ability to score those long-range tries. But it can look like luck, but they're defending pretty well, the Broncos. So I thought Nico was super dangerous. You know, still got a 90 in a down game for him in the first half. It looked like he could have got 150. He was going that well. Uh, but in the second half, it didn't really go his way. And, you know, he he didn't add much to his super coach score. Yeah, like I said, the Broncos' defense is much improved and they've got this steeliness about them that they haven't had for the last couple of years. So I think that their supporters would be pretty bullish about their chances. Like, they're not in those top two. Like, they're not, like, as I've consistently said, I think it's South and Penrith out in front. Uh, but they're chasing hard in that that chase pack and I think the Broncos are probably at the start of it like if you think of it as a tour de France there's like two two teams way out in front in the lead and then in that chase pack at the front of the chase pack is is the Bronx so just on a side note the best game I've seen Billy Walters play ever so which is pretty promising for the Bronx because that's clearly their weak point in that dummy half position so um, well done to Billy there. On to the Supercoach scores. Will Kennedy, I just mentioned him because he's such a highly underrated player, but he just consistently puts out, you know, he puts out pretty good Supercoach scores, but the efforts that he puts on the NRL field is pretty good as well. Nico got his 90, um, which is almost a win for non-owners like myself. Well, it was until the Cleary injury anyway. Um, I actually traded Nico to SJ for the origin period uh, and like thinking that he'll probably play most of origin and I think he might get a crack at halfback with Cleary out possibly with this hamstring injury which looked fairly serious. So that'll be interesting whether you can keep a hold of Nico Hines over that period there. Uh, Talakai, Desi's boy, nice try there, 58 points. Probably a little bit low considering he got a try with a line break. Uh, Britton Nicara, 69. He's been a popular trade-in. There was a lot of talk about him this week in different circles, but that's just a pass score for him at the moment at his price. Teague Wilton, 58, consistently punching out the 50-plus scores. Uh, yeah, if you've had him since the start of the year, hold him. Yep, not a problem there. Katoni Staggs, wow, 96. He he was – I wrote down some some words to describe him. Inspired, aggressive, explosive. So that's how what I would say his performance was like. It was like someone said to him, mate, you will play Origin if you go out there and obliterate this team. And he just went out there and he was so physical and put in a performance that I haven't seen from him for a long time. To, to be honest, I don't think he's on the Origin radar with the centers that they have there. Um, I think Campbell Graham's definitely in front, but it was a great performance from Katoni Staggs. He's got a break even of two, uh, and he's going up about 50K-ish in price. That's according to Jay Schubert on Twitter. So 
if you want to jump on him, you think he can go on runs. He's done it in the past. He might be a bit of a center wing pod there. Reese Walsh, 69. I think that's pretty good. He didn't seem to do too much in the game. It was pretty decent for owners who couldn't trade him out or decided to keep him over that period. I think most people have have uh, worked out to trade him out or they're looking to trade him out. He's got a break-even of 88. Um, he looks set to play in that origin number one jersey. Well, particularly now that Pong has ruled himself out for the series, which was a bit strange. But I think, you know, Reese Walsh has basically got a mortgage on it. So he's either going to be playing origin or if he's not playing origin, that means he's injured or suspended. So... He's um, definitely probably a trade out at this stage unless you feel like you can get through with your other fullback and make it through to the end of the origin period. Payne R62, I think you'd take that post-origin. Most people are holding on to him over the origin period. Okay, now before we get on to the Sunday games, we've got a new segment and it's Desi's Take. This is from Desi Creek, the 2019 Supercoach champion winner. Hey, everyone. Um Obviously, the two big trade-outs this week will be Brown and Cleary. Initial thoughts are you have to get Mitch Moses at halfback. Um, he's going to get all the attacking ball at Parramatta, so just get him in. SJ is the other option, but I just don't think he's going to be able to crank out a double every week and score 125, whereas Moses could. At 5'8", Cody Walker, Munster, and Ponga are the replacement, pre- replacement options, so... Um, I don't think I can justify 800k for Cody Walker, despite his form, and obviously the chance he gets the Origin jersey as well. Um, Munster's probably the pick, but Ponga also not a bad shout if you want to make up ground on the top thousand. Other initial sort of thoughts from the week are, get Jermaine Azako in. He's not a trap. He's a keeper. John Bateman and Kaloa Matangi, obviously the pick of the second rowers, but... Be wary of Kalomatangi also coming into that New South Wales team for game two. Great great work there by uh, Desi Creek, the 2019 Supercoach champion. Not sure if I – yeah, that 5-8 position, I, I'm really regretting not jumping on Cody when he's gone on that tear. But like he said, you probably got to steer clear of him because there's every chance New South Wales, the way they flip-flop, could bring him in for state of origin. His form has been irresistible, but I feel like it's been like that for a while. But – I have heard a number of New South Wales people say that his um, his papers have been marked as to never play again. Because I asked a question before Origin one, why why was his name not being tossed up? So, in terms of the better option, I mean, it's tough because Munster, you know, he looked tired in his game. We're going to get to that later on, but he looked tired, and you know, he sort of the Storm aren't what aren't the side they used to be without Pappenhausen, and they've lost the cheese and. You know, those better players are really going to have having to carry a lot of the load. So I think Ponga is a better option. But then when it comes in comes to Ponga, you've got the issue with uh, his health, you know, and uh, he, every time he takes a head knock, you hold your breath. So definitely a challenging year for Supercoach and some things to consider there. 
G'day guys and girls, Tim Williams here from SC Playbook. Very stoked to have partnered up with Seacool for the 2023 NRL footy season. Gareth and his team, you might have been sitting there this weekend. You wake up on Monday morning and go, you know, I spent a little bit too much on the punt. The bank account's taken a bit of a hit. That Sunday evening game at 4pm, you put a same game multi on a first try score bet to go with the rest of your punts from the weekend. You thought, you know what, I might be getting a little out of hand with my punting this weekend and starting to get out of control with it. It doesn't matter. You've got a team here to help you out with Gareth and his team. So flick on an email at gareth.w at sequel, that's C-E-C-A-L dot org dot A-U. Give them a buzz on 02 9559 or flick them a message on Instagram at Seekle Gambling. That is Seekle Gambling, all one word. Lovely team, great group of people, free and confidential. We've had plenty of SC Payback listeners. Get in touch with them right now already. So uh, don't ignore it. Get in touch and fix your gambling. Cheers. Okay, on to the Sunday games. We had three games on Sunday because of Origin. The first game, the Roosters taking on the Bulldogs. Wow, James Tedesco hit back from all the criticism that he had, and he had a great game, 120 before updates. So a couple of tries. I think he might have had one or two try assists. So really good hit back from uh, Teddy. I thought the Bulldogs, in general about the game, I thought the Bulldogs were spirited. Probably a bit unlucky on the call, the forward pass right near the end. Then they were coming back. There was a bit of a forward pass call. I went back and had a look at it. It's hard to say, like, with the angle of the TV. But I know uh, Ads DeRussi, Bulldogs director, big fan, he, he was pretty adamant that he was close to in line with it and he felt like it was a fair pass. And, you know, the way that Alvarillo's been icing those opportunities when he gets on the outside of teams – He's, he often beats the fullback one-on-one. That could have been a huge call in the context of the game for the Bulldogs, but not to be. Uh, the Roosters, well, you look at this two ways. I mean, the first way is the reality is they're a shadow of, of their former selves. Like, uh, But you could look at the second way, and that was they just needed to win. They just needed to win and win by a field goal, win by 30, it doesn't matter. They needed to get that win. But I think at the end of the day, they're way off. They're way off and I don't see them getting it back. Like there's confidence issues there, but there's also they don't have the personnel that they, you know, well, that people thought that they were going to have. You know, I think they thought there was going to be a fit Sam Walker and now he's got some injury concerns and there's a few Whispers going around that, you know, he may have some serious uh, injuries ongoing. So hopefully for the young fella he doesn't because he's just sort of started out his career and he looks like he's going to have a promising career. But, you know, they just look lost uh, in many ways, the Roosters. But they were able to eke out the win against a spirited Bulldogs side. I think from the Bulldogs' point of view, if you're a supporter, yeah, sure, like your top eight chances are probably gone. Uh, not mathematically. I mean, there's enough time left for you to make a run. But with the players that they've had out, you know, kick hours, big injury. They had a lot of issues in in their forwards. Like TPJ was out for a while. You know, obviously Thompson was a big injury for him because he's a big player. I think this is just a, a time and a period that they're going through where they'll be better for it in 2024. So they're getting games into the likes of Alamotti, Oluwapu, and some of the young forwards like Preston, Moran, and Edwards. I mean, Preston would have played anyway because he's a gun. But, you know, these younger blokes, 
have got games under their belt. So they may not be in the starting 17 come 2024, but when they get called on and their number gets called, they're going to be so much better for it because they've played 15, 20, you know, 25 NRL games, you know, in this season. So they'll be much better for it next year. And the young winger, uh, I think it's Wilson, the Queensland lad, He he's pretty good as well. So having a look at the Supercoach returns, Jacob Preston, 65. He's just a gift that keeps giving. I mean, if it wasn't for Jareem Buller, then he would, without a doubt, be the cheapie of the year. But I think Jareem Buller is going to make a fair crack at taking that mantle off him. Jaden Ockenbaugh, 48. So there's a fair bit of talk around uh, on the podcast about trading him in. I thought he went okay. Um, he runs a pretty decent line at the second row. It's pretty interesting for a player to reinvent himself like that, but he's definitely suited to the back row position. Break even of 19, according to Jay Schubert from Twitter, and he's making money this week. So if you did get on him, I think you did at the right time. I think now he might be a little bit past it, but he'd be a player to keep an eye on. Alamotti, I'm not sure if many people still have him. I've still got him on my side. 39, not terrible um, if you've got him. But, yeah, if you if you don't have him, then you're probably going better than me. Reed Marnie, pretty unlucky. He scored that great try there. But uh, the HIA getting himself knocked out there. He put his, well, sort of head on the wrong side and copped a knee in the head. So he might be out for a week or two. Uh, like I said, Teddy, 120, great captain's knock. He does seem, you know, there has been a bit of criticism of him just playing as an individual a little bit, and that's sort of probably always the way that he's played. But with the Roosters looking a little bit disconnected, it probably stands out a little bit more, but he certainly put in a good knock today. Joey Manu, what was going on with him today? I just, I just felt like he didn't have that zip. Uh, he took a few runs, but... He wasn't breaking as many tackles as he had, so he probably lacked that spark. You know, I don't know if there's a lingering injury there or he's just, you know, you're not sure what, what's going on, but it's certainly a down game for him, 40 super coach points. Billy Smith, 32. Now, I'm going to put my hand up here. I was one of the people that said definitely bring him in. He came two, ba- two games back from injury and – Common, classic super coach mistake. You see a small sample size and you get drawn in by it and you think that it's going to be replicated down the track and the reality is it just isn't. It's just that sample size of two games is just two games by itself and it's not going to be repeated. Now, is Billy Smith a terrible player? No, he's not a terrible player. He's a pretty decent player, but when he knocked out those, I think it was like 75 and 80 um, I thought, geez, this is pretty good. You know, the, the Roosters aren't playing that well. They're going to come good. He's going to start knocking out, you know, 50-plus scores all the time. He's going to be a great buy, make some money. He's made some money, but all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, a break-even of 63, and for me, he's a trade-out, and uh, I'm not going to double down on my mistakes. I'm going to get him out of the team and bring someone in. I've got a fair bit of spare cash there, but... Yeah, it happens. You know, you just sometimes you get caught up in the allure of this player is going to continue to do what he did 
in a small sample size, but sometimes you got to look at a bigger sample size. You know, on the on the flip side, if you look at someone like Asako and um, you know, let's have a look at DWZ. He's done it for two games. Can he keep doing it? Well, Asako has kept doing it all year. He's been reborn and he's doing something that he's never done possibly his whole career. I mean, he had patches there at the Broncos where he put in great stints, but I don't think that's going to be the case with Billy Smith, so he's definitely a sell for me. Second last game of the round, and the North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Storm at Townsville. The Cowboys come out fired up early in the game. They just ambushed the Storm, and they got out to that 10-0 lead. Uh, the Storm kept their nerve. They worked their way back into the game. It was 14 all at halftime. After halftime, the game just exploded. I mean, it was it was unexpected. I, I felt like the Storm were in the game, but there's a couple of mitigating circumstances. Now, credit where credit's due, the Cowboys, they played good footy. Like, they looked like a side in attack that could make the top eight in that second half versus the Storm. And the Storm are no joke. You know, like, they're a decent side. But when you dig deeper into it, there are a few mitigating circumstances there. The Storm were off. They clearly were off. Their biggest impact player in Nelson Solomona, who normally comes on and changes games, was off his game for some reason. He dropped a couple of balls. He was just – he just looked out of sorts. Um, you know, the, the commentators referenced that it might have been the heat up there, possibly. There's a bit of humidity up in, in Townsville. But um, And the other big thing was Justin Ollum, the HIA. So when you look at the matchups in this game, the Cowboys do have a serious issue with Hiku on the right side in defense. Uh, he's never been a great defender, but lately his effort has been very worrying for the Cowboys uh, fans. Technically, he's not a great defender. He grabs a lot and doesn't use his shoulder all the time. Sometimes he does. But when you like that and the effort falls away and it's he just becomes a subpar defender and he's just a target for opposition, and he was for Melbourne, and they found him. And they would have kept finding him, but Olam got the HIA. They brought on Grant Anderson um, in the centres, and he got absolutely exposed in defence, so he he really struggled there. Among with uh, along with both edges of, of the Melbourne Storm, the the Cowboys um, stripped them apart. To be honest, like like uh, a team like no other team that I've seen do to the Melbourne Storm for a long, long time. Uh, maybe like there was one game I can remember where Cronulla were playing really good footy and they were just going side to side and they were just cutting Melbourne shorter numbers, but that was last year. But Melbourne still scrambled to keep him out. So interesting from that point of view. Um, the second half blitz, the second half explosion by the Cowboys, I just all I could keep picturing was with that edge defense of the storm, I could just see Craig Bellamy just being apoplectic with rage in the box. They never showed him in footage that I saw, but I was just thinking he would be off his tree because he's the defense 
main defence person for the Storm and, you know, they play the systems and he wouldn't have been happy at all with that. So having a look at the Supercoach score, Valentine Holmes, wow. A lot of people have traded him out because of Origin, 135. And to be honest, he was the best player on the footy field by a margin. Just mesmerising footwork. His balance is unbelievable. When he gets early ball like that and when they give him ball in space, he's one of the best players in the game. Drinky, 81. I think you'd be a little bit disappointed if you're a drinky owner with that. Cowboys put on 45 points and drinky only scores 81 uh, in Supercoach. So, yeah, it's a good score. But I think, you know, against Melbourne you would have been expecting a tight game. So you probably would have taken 81 before the game. But when you've seen that they put 45 points on them, you would have expected Drinky to get a little bit more than that. He might upgrade to close to 100, hopefully for own as he does. Robson, 48, probably upgrades to 60-plus. Meany played well. Nice chip and chase try there. Got 85, so back up there with a good score. Warbrick, 50, solid. Elias Katoa, 48, which was solid but not outstanding. Um, Katoa's sort of strange because he's a bit of a bit of a possible trade-in with um, projected BE of 38. Uh, so I think he's coming back on the radar, but the, with the way Melbourne are playing, I'd probably avoid him. Uh, Harry Grant, 33. Cam Munster, 38. They both look tired. They both look like they'd played an origin on Wednesday. And you know how they say, like, it's easy to back up a couple of days later, but they were backing up on a Sunday and they looked like they were really feeling it. They both had to play full games, I think. Are they sells? Well, I don't know. If you've got Munster like I have and, you know, there's a few issues around Cleary and things like that and then also possibly Walker plays origin, I mean, there's a lot to play out there, but I think if you can afford to sell them with projected break-evens of 123 for Harry Grant and 141 for Munster, which doesn't matter if you keep them to the end, I think you're going to make the decision now. Are you going to trade them out for Origin and possibly look at them for the run home or are you going to stick with them and, um, and tough it out? Okay, last game of the round, the Panthers taking on the St. George Dragons at Penrith. Wow, the unpredictable nature of the NRL. Hey, I think uh, most people would have gone to this game just thinking Penrith by how much? Uh, 13 plus, definitely. But, yeah, the game started out, just looked like a normal Penrith at home game. So they were just trading sets with the with the Saints slowly strangling them and then Cleary set up a nice try for Brian Toto and then bang, Cleary does his hamstring. It looked high too. He was grabbing fairly high on the hamstring, which is generally not a good sign. So it's a massive injury for the – well, not massive for the Penrith Panthers because I can – they're a side that's built to get their way through it, even though Cleary is their main player and he's their best player. but. They're very good defensively, so they can – and they've got some good depth there. As, as you've seen when Cogger come on, he went pretty well. But for the New South Wales side, you know, they were question whether he's a halfback, but I think deep down they know that he's the best halfback there. So 
you know, when you have to look at, you know, who we're going to replace him with, I mean, do they just go straight to a Nico Hines and give him the keys to the kingdom there for New South Wales? Uh, I think that's, that's a big ask for him. Or do they go to someone like Moses who's done it before? And then what do they do with Luai? Because Luai has often said that he gets there because he's got that combination with Cleary. So lots and lots of question marks there. We're not even mentioning the super coach. So for super coach, 24% of all super coach captain Cleary, 52% of the top 1%. So 52% of the top 1% captained him and around 44% of the top 10% of super coach captained him. So he got about he got 31 in 10 minutes. So he looked like he was on on target for a big score. These are the type of plays that can win and lose your super coach overall. So someone's really benefited from this, someone who's decided to pull the trigger on Cleary and sort of, I guess, like um, anti-pot him during the origin period and then someone's been really hurt by it. Well, there'd be a number that would be really hurt by it. So from the Dragon side of thing, I, I felt like they were up for the game. But they got some big issues moving forward. You know, Rolls knocking them back. Now, I don't know if Jason Rolls is a great coach. He's touted as being a great coach, but it's just the look of it. The fact that they really wanted him, they put all their eggs in the one basket. He's a former player there, and he's knocked them back. I imagine because Melbourne Storm have told him that he's next in line to get the job after Bellamy. But then there's a bit of mail coming out that some of the players want to get out of the club reportedly, you know, the marquee players. So tough, tough time for Dragon supporters. Uh, end of the day, uh, yeah, Panthers, they got the job done. So despite the Cleary injury, 26 points to 18 win. Typical Panthers, except like you don't expect them to give up 18 points, but you know, if they're winning games and it's unexpected like that and they're giving up 18 points and, you know, they're still going pretty well. Uh, in terms of Supercoach scores, pretty fresh off the press, but Dylan Edwards, 37, that's down on his normal scoring. Had a bit of an off game. Sunia Taruva, I know a lot of people still own him. I do, 57, nice little score there for owners. Big one, Tyrone Peachy. So a lot of people brought him in, had some success with him was that late replacement. So Tungo's back and obviously Cleary becomes a trade-out. Uh, hopefully you've made some money on him. Brighton Toto, that was a vintage performance from him, 79, probably upgrades to a bit more. He's back to his tackle-breaking best. Uh, Cleary, like we said, 31. Is he a sell? Is he a hold? Well, we're going to have to listen in and find out what's the projected timeout. You know, I think – It'd be minimum three to four weeks. I'm not a physio, but it didn't look good. It could be even more. So he might be a sell. You know, there's a fair bit of money in there, but then it's getting towards the end of the year. So you've got to consider can you get him back in? Are you going to want him for the run home? Well, I think you are. So it's a big decision there for super coach owners. Scotty Sorensen, Zach Hoskins, 40 and 32, respectively. Not much doing there. I think Hoskins. And Sorensen probably sells pretty soon. So uh, particularly with Cleary out, their uh, attack is going to go a bit by the wayside. Penrith is just going to try and eke out some tight wins, I'd imagine. Sonny Luke didn't play. Like I said, that was great for me because I uh, I got the uh, Isaac Fasul Mawawi 
points instead of missing out on those and getting, you know, the typical Sonny Luke 15 or 16. But, yeah, it's interesting there that they um, they obviously put Cogger on there because they wanted coverage for Luai and Cleary and turned out to be a really good move, even though it was like the worst thing that could happen, which is the hamstring injury to Nathan Cleary. Jack DeBellin, uh, thankfully he's okay, got KO'd pretty bad. He got 39, but I imagine he's going to have a bit of time off, so he's probably a sell. And that brings us to the end of that game. Before we sign off for the weekly wrap this week uh, for round 14, you'll probably hear a bit of rain in the background. I don't know if that's coming through on the podcast. Pretty rare rain in Rocky and Queensland, but it's good to see a bit of rain around. But, yeah, we've got a question here from Timmy Williams, the Timmy Williams. Whilst if you uh, – IPAP versus Bateman. Is the way Brooks uses his edges poorly – Enough to convince you IPAP will continue to find attacking stats. Does that make Bateman a better buy? Or out of his prices, is IPAP too hard to ignore? Great question, Timmy. As always, very insightful. Well, I think, like I said earlier in the podcast, I felt like at the start of the year that it was one or two of them that you wanted to end the season with. I think given what, the success that the Tigers had when Bateman moved into lock, that you might see him play a bit more lock and Bole played as a front rower. I think that's what happened in the rotation towards the end of the game. And if you get that, you know, that combination of probably Bateman playing some time on the edge and then moving into the lock role where he gets that freedom to run either side of the ruck, then I think Bateman is a definite trade-in. He's... I already got IPAP this week and I was sort of kicking myself because I was tossing up between him and Bateman. And I had the money. It wasn't a money issue, but I think I'm going to want Bateman for the end of the year. I think he's in that mood where he's going to create, he's going to drift across the field, maybe set up a few tries, um, put a few kicks in, break some tackles, do some offloads. I just feel like he's going to be a really solid option for the run home. So I would, if I had to rank them, Timmy, yeah, I would say I'd put Johnny Bateman ahead of IPAP, but certainly I don't think it's a bad strategy to get both in. Okay. That's a wrap for the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for round 14 of the NRL. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 